You're listening to Raceru Radio, where fitness and racing are combined. Each week, you'll hear us bring you a fitness tip to help you with your fitness journey, as well as covering the latest current event news, covering NASCAR, Formula One, and sprint cars. We always have lots to talk about, so buckle up and take another lap with us. Thanks for listening, and you can always find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Facebook, you can find our multiple updates every week at Raceru Racing, and you can find our fitness updates at Raceru Fitness. Enjoy the podcast with Ryan and Jordan. Here we go. Welcome to an expedited week of Racer Root Fitness. We're going to try to burn through this one because uh, Jordan is going to go bowling and then he's got camping. We got a full slate. I just got back from the gym. But uh, Jordan, we're not going to do the little intro thing, but it just how you doing so far? I'm pretty good. Just got to bowl out and golf today and then going camping. So it's uh, a full slate day. day for me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we're going to just jump right into it. So first of all, we're going to go with our fit tip. Um, Something I've been noticing lately on Instagram and all those other platforms is uh, people touting things like ice baths and, you know, super crazy, like diet fads and uh, the the muscle vibrators things. That's a bad word, I guess, to use, but the muscle (laughs) impactors. Um, There's a lot of these tools that massagers. the muscle there we go we got it the, uh, the hyper ice things like the big old boots you put on your leg um all of these tools they're great tools i'm not trying to knock any of them they're all great tools they all have a purpose they all work but the thing is that a lot of these things are tip of the spear meaning if you're not already doing the fundamental things that we always talk about just you know working out eating healthier doing the basic things you're going to probably see my minimal gain from including these things. They're still trying to figure out all the positives for an ice bath, for example. That's the big one that kind of stuck with me. They're trying to figure out all the real benefits to doing an ice bath. We haven't really locked all this science down. So yeah, they can be great things. They can have great purposes and recovery and things like that. But guess what? Your recovery is still going to be crap if you're not Get it trying to get your seven, eight, nine hours of sleep. It's kind of pointless if you're not doing the fundamental thing. So I just wanted to touch on that this week. Stick with the fundamentals and all those other things. Yes, add them in when you're looking for tenths of a percent, like really tip of the spear kind of things, really, really trying to move the needle when you're done all of the basics. Yeah. And I mean, with the ice baths and stuff like that, um, I kind of have to say, I think the NFL does that um, where they do ice baths. So we have some sort of science on it, but recently here with everybody else, like your average day, Joe Schmo, that's doing it now. We really don't know the science behind that. We know it. um, The rule of thumb is you're supposed to hit it after you've been in the gym, after you've done some sort of exercise or whatever. Um, That's the rule of thumb when you're supposed to ice bath, but now there's more, I guess we could say technology releasing that says, hey, if you could spend 30 seconds to a minute to two minutes in an ice bath, that it releases your body of toxins and makes you feel better. And that's just stuff that we don't completely understand yet. But yeah, yeah like you said, we're, we're getting into it. And it's, it's stuff that we, uh, 
we should definitely be interested in because I mean, hey, any way to make yourself healthy is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, to, to your point, like we we know certain things work, but like I mean, for a good example, we still not even we don't really understand how hypertrophy com- completely works. We understand the buttons to push, but we don't understand like really why the body does what it does, adapts the way it does to build the muscle. So, but to the point of uh, like we understand it works, we just don't quite all the way know how or what or why. <clears throat> and then talking about these hyper high-end athletes yes we're looking for they're looking for all the recovery they can get so they can really be maximal the next day if you're not at that level i mean again is is it worth that half a percent to be on it a little bit more at work the next day is that going to move your needle it does for these athletes and it might for you but all in all again if you're not doing the other things you know, being super mindful like Tom Brady and LeBron James are with their bodies, that's how they get longevity. If you're not doing those things, it's pointless. It's really, really kind of a, a minor thing. So, but that's it. Don't get caught up into these fads. Again, they, they they can work. I'm not saying they don't work. I'm just saying if you're not doing the other things, it's not kind of, it's really not going to move your needle. Yeah, 100% agree. All right, so I'm going to turn it over to Jordan for the Dirty Talk. And now it's time for Dirty Talk with Jordan, the part of the show where Jordan comes out and talks a little dirty. So without further ado, Dirty Talk with Jordan. All right, so um, I kind of forgot to say this at the very start of the show, but you hear my voice is down? It's because the allergies came back um, pretty quick. Um, We had some hot days and I was fine, and now we have some cooler days and I'm not so fine. So just fighting those. But anyway, I'm going to jump back to last Saturday. So the All-Stars were running um, while we were recording the show. And they did end while we were recording, but I forgot to tell you who won. But that was Tyler Courtney. He picked up the win. Um, I think he's leading the All-Star points right now. So it's good for him um, picking up where he left off. But um, other than that, the only other racing we've had so far. Well, actually, I lied. We had two of them. So they raced Sunday at Sealings Grove. Um, the Pennsylvania Posse did. Um, there were some all-stars and some outlaws there, um, but uh, Anthony Macri stays hot from last season. He picks up another win. Um, I don't know what he's at already. I think he's at three. Um, he was the leading 410 winner in the country last year, so he's getting back on the rails. But then we had the high-limit sprint car series on Tuesday, and it was kind of hard for me to decide on Tuesday to watch the High Limit Sprint Car Series or the new show called Dirt that released on Tuesday. Um, that was on Fox. So I ended up watching the High Limit Sprint Car Series. And Kyle Larson goes to Wayne County, Ohio, picks up the win there. Um, obviously, Kyle Larson, you know him. He gets in the car and he just wins. That's what he does. He's leading the High Limit points right now. Um, which I think is kind of contradicting to what he wants to do, because even though he's racing his own series, I don't think he wants to do like, I don't think he wants to win the points. I think he wants somebody else to, but Macri's nipping at his heels at he's back 27 points. So that just shows you Macri's running these high limit series. He's one of the high rollers that are running it every race. So it's him. Then Tyler Courtney are the top three. And I mean, Hey, I just told you all three of those guys won this weekend. So 
right there you go. Those are the, the top three. Um, the funny thing is the high limit sprint car series, the way this works, the reason why it's called the high limit sprint car series and the reason why the guys who compete full time are called high rollers. And the reason why everything is sounds like there's supposed to be money involved is because, well, it is. So the way Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet have developed this series is they make it so that way the guys can compete for more money. So on Tuesday, the purse was, I believe, 32000 to win, which is obviously a higher show. But here was the real kicker. So the top six, they are in a dash, right? So what they do is they take a dice for one through six, and the front row gets to roll this dice. And let's say the pole sitter rolls a six. That means he'll start six. But if he wins from six, he gets an extra six grand. So they're throwing money out there like this. That's also the guy in second. He'll roll the dice. If he gets a different spot, he'll try and start there. The really funny part is, and I, I got to say, I think this is the Kyle Larson effect. So Kyle Larson set to start fourth. The pole sitter rolls a six. He said no. The second place guy said no. They didn't want to start six. So they re-roll. They get threes. Neither one of them wanted to start third. So Brad Sweet comes in and he goes, okay, well, since nobody wants to do that, maybe we'll just have you guys roll the dice one through six and see if someone wins what they'll get. So they rolled, uh, they rolled again. They got another six. So the guy who started in six, Brian Brown, uh, I believe it was him. Um, he gets the chance. Actually, I don't think it was him. I think that's where you have to finish or something like that. I'm not sure, but he gets the chance to win an extra $6,000. So, um, yeah, it couldn't have been Brian Brown because he came up from 25th to finish third or fourth. He finished fourth. So I, I'm not really sure who the starter was in that spot, um, but it was the sixth place car gets a chance if he wins to win an extra six grand. So that's what this high roller series is all about. They want these guys to make take gambles for more money. Um, but when you have the Kyle Larson effect of him starting third or fourth and you go from in front of him to behind him, it's hard enough to pass Kyle Larson in general, but to pass him in a sprint car is even harder. So pick your poison, extra six grand or 32,000, you make your choice. But other than that, um, it's back up to um, this weekend. The Outlaws are at Attica starting tonight. Their start time has been pushed up to 545 from 7. Uh, the Posse, we're back. Uh, Williams Grove, Lincoln, Port, uh, the same normal shows on the weekend. Um, so we'll all be running. Hopefully there's some rain in the forecast for Saturday. Doesn't look too extreme. But other than that, the Elijah Hawkins Memorial Race is coming up June 10th right around the corner memorial day is almost here and it's the weekend like i think it's a weekend or two after that so you guys got to get up here for that that's not on flow unfortunately but you got to be at lincoln for that it's one of the the bigger shows so that's all i got for dirty talk all right we're really mowing through this one didn't the outlaws race at williams grove last week yes yeah. did we cover that last week i thought they, yes. they were Okay, I thought Brad, we were talking about him getting rained out. Brad Sweet won. Brad, so yeah, I watched I watched the highlights of it. That's I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna really put um 
World of Outlaws up, up here on a pedestal right here. And I know NASCAR does it too, but um, I think it's like the greatest thing that they put their shows on YouTube. I mean, it's not the full show, it's a highlights, but you know, for someone like me who doesn't have what they're on dirt vision, right? Yeah. So yeah. Williams Grove, Knoxville, and the Outlaws are on dirt vision. The All Stars, sort of Lincoln and Port are on flow. Gotcha. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, who doesn't have either of those platforms, I really think it's awesome to be able to, you know, just watch a really condensed version of, of the races. Um, I can sit at my desk at work while I'm, you know, I have two screens and I can put, put it on one screen or on a quarter of a screen or something like that, and I can kind of see what's going on. It's really neat little thing to, that they do because, um, obviously, you can't be at all the racetracks and can't watch them all the time, so that, I really enjoy doing that. Well, hey. I did want to mention, because I did mention the show, it's called Dirt. So mm -hmm. it's a new series that they're bringing out. Yes. And it's going to be on Fox week in and week out. So they're starting with Kyle Larson. Um, obviously, you got NASCAR and Dirt and, you know, mixing into one. But the real cool thing, and I, I really want people to understand this, you're going to learn about drivers you might not have ever heard of, but are top-notch drivers. The first episode starts with Justin Grant. Really good USAC racer, he's getting in, he does 410 stuff like that, but very, very good at the Chili Bowl. That's what the first episode's about. Um, Tyler Courtney is going to be in there, and so is Timez. Um, he's also a USAC racer, but I mean, you're going to learn a lot about other dirt guys. You're going to see a backstory to Kyle Larson's life with you know his wife and kids and dirt racing. Listen, go and check it out. I watched the first episode. I know about these guys and I'm still impressed by how they did it. It's kind of like the F1 series where you see the behind yeah. the scenes um, or like anything, but this is going to be a bridge for you NASCAR fans who have never watched dirt, but are interested in it. Go and watch some of these guys because Kyle Larson says it best in there going from NASCAR to world of outlaws to all stars to these USACs. It's not a step down. These guys are the best in the world at what they do, and they take it very seriously. And I'm just telling you, you want to watch it because it's definitely exciting, um, especially the first episode. You learn a lot about Justin Grant. Um, real good guy. Definitely watch that out if you – check it out if you didn't. Yeah, I hope I'll, I'm, after we're done here, I might try to see if I can find it on streaming or something like that. So, um, but, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to – switch over to F1, which there's nothing to talk about because uh, the big news. Come here, buddy. Oh, no. He dropped oh, his cup. No. Hey, so bud. F1 is canceling their race this weekend in Emilia-Romagna, a.k.a. Amola. Um, very historical track, but uh, they're canceling it due to severe flooding. Uh, seeing a couple pictures of it. They really don't have a choice. Um, the, the paddock was completely underwater. Um, it would be very unsafe for the drivers, the crew, every, everyone involved with the race and the fans even just getting to and from the track. Last I saw a few days ago, the day that they uh, announced the cancellation, I had seen that there was eight dead and thousands homeless. So really, really bad deal going on right over there. But um, I want to say kudos for, to F1 for having the foresight that, hey, this we got to call this thing early. It's not going to happen. We got to get the heck out of here and, and not allow anybody else to get hurt. Uh, I, I give them props, but I also don't think they had a choice. <laughs> but, um, but I do want to say 
I don't know if anybody else that did this, and I'm sure there probably are, but extra kudos to AlphaTari because their staff and drivers are there in person helping clean up. Well, that's awesome. That is great. I've only seen it with AlphaTari. I didn't see it with anybody else. Not saying that they're not there, but I saw AlphaTari posted that they're there to help clean up. Um, since they're not racing, they're doing what they can. Awesome. So that was F1 for this week. Um, they, they have another race next week. I'll have to check and see what their schedule looks like. But um, we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. But getting into NASCAR, we were in Darlington last week for the throwback weekend. Um, I think that Darlington has turned into – it's just one of the best tracks out there. Even I know a lot of people were complaining about the, the cup race on Sunday. Kind of everyone was falling off the same – hard to pass, blah, 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 all the same stuff. Um, I still viewed it as there was comers and goers. Um, fastest cars were able to get to the front and lead laps. Um, there was cars that fell back and weren't able to get up there like Martin Truex Jr. Um, I'm just not sure, no, not that sure his car was the same after stage one. I mean, well, stage two, he was still pretty good. He was going for the win there. But after that, I guess after the spin, maybe, maybe that had something more to do with it. Maybe he got some damage that we didn't really see pinning uh, Ross against the wall um, just wasn't quite the same, but he did get his way back to the front. You can't deny that he was there and then he caused the wreck. Um, I still do think that the Xfinity and the truck races were very, very good races. Um, I still think that Sheldon Creed is a very, very talented, reckless person. <laughs> I want to start with this one because everyone talks about how Ross Chastain uh, wrecks every week and, you know, week in, week out, he's always the problem. Sheldon Creed is always putting himself, he, every single week, it is every single week, it seems like he gets spun out at some point in time. And it's a lot of times because he puts himself in a bad situation, just like he did last week. He dove it in there and he just dove it in way too hard. And he absolutely caused that big wreck. He washed up the track. He got into John Hunter. He lost control of his car and he tore up a bunch of stuff. So I, I don't know how you feel about that one, Jordan, but I feel like uh, I, I would be very surprised to see him in a big ride next year if he continues down this path, just because he tears stuff up so much. He's definitely not stepping up, I wouldn't think. I think he needs to learn a little bit more. And listen, there's a difference between Ross and, and uh, Creed. Ross puts you in a situation. He doesn't wreck you most of the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, on occasion they make contact, but listen, most of the time he doesn't wreck you. And we'll get into that in a little bit with the Kyle Larson situation, but he puts you in a situation. He doesn't put himself in the situation. He just races you hard. Sheldon just goes flying in there and it's like, Hey, I'm going to hope this works. Like I did in NASCAR 99. And Sheldon puts himself in bad situations. Ross yes. puts other people in bad situations. Yes. And, and the bad situation that Sheldon puts him in always like winds up in him being defeated like yep. you go against ross ross is undefeated you go against sheldon and you win every time but sheldon's the one that's doing it to himself not him, not you doing it to him so yeah he he caused that massive pile up um wasn't there a big hit in that didn't someone take a big hit brandon jones got a pretty big hit on this right front yeah i, I thought someone took a huge huge lick i think there was a couple yeah, it's just, I mean, as we've seen in Darlington, you start getting these, I mean, big pileups happened in the cup race too. So 
Uh, I think a big pileup happened in the truck race, didn't it? Yes, there was a couple. Yeah, so I mean, correctly, yes. It's it's just Darlington, but I mean, hey, I, I think Sheldon next year. I think he still stays in the two car at least, but we got to see how he transitions from this year to next year. I think I'm, he should he should be a championship contender. He should. And he still he uh, does he doesn't have a win yet, does he? No. Well, he no. should. That's how that's how good he's run. But he yeah. he should have a win. But Sheldon's super talented. He's in good equipment. You see what Austin Hill's doing at the with the same stuff, probably. You know, at least very close. And Sheldon's not finishing races now. If Whelan's still going to support him, yeah, I could see him staying there. But man, if I'm RC, if I'm Richard Childress, I'm looking at like, dude, this guy tears up cars every week because he makes bad choices. So. I mean, it's unfortunate because Sheldon is a, you know, a truck champion. So, you know, he can do it, but he just consistently, consistently uh, is driving over his head. We'll just see how he progresses through the year. Cause I mean, a lot of people said this about Noah Gregson too, when he was Mm -hmm. wrecking people and always causing, you know, damage to people. And then all of a sudden, Hey, he's a great guy. He's one of the best. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll see how he transitions through the year. So I don't. We we recorded last Friday, so we didn't get a chance to talk about the Xfinity race. Uh, what's your thoughts on? Actually, the, we we recorded Saturday. Oh, we did because we did talk about the finish there. We did yeah. talk about that finish. Yes. So um, yeah, so let's uh, let's transition now to the Cup race because we already talked about the other two. Um, like I said, I I think Darlington is a phenomenal racetrack. Uh, it's just unfortunate that it's in the middle of BFE, BFN. Um, just like Rockingham, just like Wilkesboro, these great tracks in the middle of nowhere. Um, I think that we should probably only go to Darlington once because I feel like it keeps some of the magic there. Uh, and we've talked about how there's too much in this area as it is. Uh, but man, this is just a phenomenal racetrack. It's a racer's racetrack. You couldn't make much arguments about the guys up front. They, everyone who was up front for the majority of the race, they're racers. There's someone who you can put in a car and they can make the, they make the car better. Yeah. Just like Ross does Martin Truex, Kyle Larson there at the end. Um, but now, I mean, there was a lot of things that happened throughout the course of the race. Uh, what was your thoughts on the end of stage two between Martin Truex Jr. And Ross Chastain? So this happened to be the one part of the race that I didn't see. So it, um, confused me because I was actually driving at the time from one house to another. So um, when I left, Truex was in the lead with Chastain catching him. When I came back, Truex was nowhere to be found and mm-hmm. Chastain was up there and a couple other guys and I'm like, what happened? And I'm like, oh, maybe they just had a bad pit stop. He got mired back in traffic. No. I, so from what I was told and I still haven't seen a replay, but what I was told was it was almost exactly like Larson and John Hunter on Saturday. And it was very similar to that. So, um, again, I think it's true X. I think he was from the situation I heard, uh, Ross was not trying to lap Suarez to keep him on the lead lap and true X was trying to take advantage of it. And I think he just drove over his skis and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get too aggressive coming to the line. 
and ends up yeah. putting himself out. And again, Ross stays undefeated. But again, it's not Ross's fault. No. You know what I mean? This, so, one, this one was not Ross's fault. This was absolutely Truex just going for broke to try to win that stage. And just pinching, you know, he, he just drove in there too deep. Ross can't go any higher on the track. And, you know, he just he just pinched Ross and spun himself, which is pretty common uh, to do. Um, obviously, I don't think it hurt Ross because he was still fast through the rest of the race. But um, now we'll, we'll get to the end of the race. Uh, what was your thoughts on the the not the last restart, the second to last restart, the one with the big wreck that uh, all the lineups and Ross being out front, even though it seemed like he jumped early, um, Kevin Harvick getting positioned up front. Like, what was your thoughts? So. I mean, there was a lot going on with this one. So I'm not even going to touch the, the top two, our picks, because we were sitting pretty with 10 laps to go. Um, but so from, I mean, I guess it did start with them. But so at the restart, the only thing I would say is that SMT, I guess you can look at it and determine it. Um, I never saw a replay of that particular, like, fire off but Daniels was saying Ross fired before Larson and that's jumping the restart now the second place guy can beat the leader to the line due to like tire spin and stuff like that but Larson's the one that's supposed to engage unless they're almost through the restart zone so I never saw an actual side replay of it where it was like okay Larson fires then then Ross just gets a better start um, but I mean, Hey, to me, that just kind of sounds like excuses. They, they seem like they were side by side going into the corner anyway. So, um, whether it would have gave Larson an advantage if he fired off first, I don't know. Didn't matter anyway, because behind him, um, Truex forgot how to drive or, you know, he, uh, he did the same thing. Just he was he, in front this time. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't know. It, it, was a whole pileup that didn't need to happen. It didn't. Um, and, and the fact that everybody's given Ross a bunch of crap this week for how the race turned out. I mean, this didn't even involve him. Yeah. And the whole field just piles up behind him. Like, we're all sitting there like, you can't do this going for a win. Well, he was going for third. I mean, he wasn't going for a win. He was going for third because, <laughs> let's be honest, no one was getting those top two. Like, yeah. through turn two, no one was getting to that. It was mm -hmm. going to be a battle between them. This race was for third, and three-quarters of the field gets taken out. But um, – and I saw your, your thing, so I know what you're getting at about the – if you're involved in a wreck, if you're not involved in a wreck, we need to make it, you know, more black and white. And I remember back when it happened, me and you were having this debate back and forth where you were saying it's got to be more black and white. And I was like, eh, I think we could play it by ear. Um Again, I think we could play it by ear, but I think NASCAR totally screwed it up. They did. Because when you're in the wreck, getting damaged, or as I heard it said, when you're on the damaged vehicle policy. Now, again, we have to determine what makes that because if someone bumps you, you're not, I mean, you're in the wreck, but you're not in the wreck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. like, I think it comes down to the best ways is – when you're involved in the wreck, if you continue but you sustain damage, it, even if you don't have to pit from that damage, where the caution comes out, you are where you blend. 
the outlaws. If you spin in a corner, if the caution comes out, if you get passed by three people, but you spin and keep going, you take the spot of where you blend it. So yeah. if you're in fourth, you spin, you fall back to seventh, but you keep going, caution comes out, you blend in in seventh position. You don't keep your spot. Um, Chase Elliott, I don't know how he got up to fourth. I, I don't know how that he happened. He should have been way back further. Um, he should have been outside the top 10 almost. Um, I'm happy that they didn't do it to Harvick because I wanted Harvick to be up there battling, and he was. Um, but the damage he sustained and some of the other drivers that they sustained, there's no way that they should be uh, in front of cars that avoided the whole wreck entirely and even passed them while they were involved in the wreck. So it, it just, it does kind of blow my mind. But again, what TV did, because I was watching TV at this point, they didn't point this out. Yep. You know, they didn't make a, a word about it. They were like, oh, Harvick got some damage. But the way it seemed like was that Harvick and Elliot were still ahead of everybody. But that just wasn't the case. So the scoring loop, whether it be good, bad, whatever, I don't know. How, I don't know. I don't know how you, you come up with that one. But, yeah, my, I, I agree with you. They do need to make it better. But it's got to be when time of caution comes. If you're still rolling, if you have damage, you go where you blend. You know, if you're in fourth when the wreck starts, you're getting, you know, bumped a little bit, but you're not getting a lot of damage. The caution comes out. And four cars underneath you go by avoiding the wreck. You go where you blend. And granted, it might not be fair to you because it's not the wreck that started because of you. But that's just how it is. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the way it goes. So I don't, I don't know what else we could do to really make it black and white other than just putting them where they blend. So that's my, See, that's my I, I, get what you, I get what you're saying there. The problem is, is that, like, let's say we take it from Harvick's perspective. If Harvick sees the wreck, he slows down, he jumps on the brakes, he jumps on the brakes, and he, that's what you're supposed to do. Moment of caution comes out, you're supposed to hit the brakes, and slow down and be safe. If he hits the brakes and slows down and he doesn't hit the car in front of him at all, right? But a bunch of cars went underneath him. He should he should be where he was when the minute the caution came out, right? No, he should have where he's at. Ah, you're supposed, but you're supposed to slow down. That's the rules. I, caution I comes that. out, you're supposed to slow down. I get that. They but you're it, that's they want to avoid. Ryan Free right. situations from Talladega. They don't want those kind of situations. So right. now, then you're also bringing up an issue. Let's say someone's gassing up, like Priest did. Someone's gassing up to miss a wreck, and a car comes down and hits him in the nose. But you never really like break too much speed. You just kind of keep rolling through, but you've got damage. Well, logic would dictate that you're on the DVP. So should you go to the back for that? You never got turned. You never, your car never deviated really its forward momentum, but you definitely got damage. Or if, or even more likely, if you're going through a corner or even down the straightaway and the wreck comes and clips your corner panel and knocks your corner panel up, but you never flinched, you never broke your forward momentum, 
are you in the wreck? Are you on the DVP clock? You should be on the DVP clock, but does that constitute you going to the back? Where do you blend there? I think that there's a whole lot of, uh, like NASCAR really, really needs to come and sit down and say, this is what we're doing and this is why. And it just needs to be transparent. It will, there will be a point where it's unfair to somebody. I understand that. But at least if you explain it, hey, this is what we're looking for. There's, there's less likelihood of someone being mad because this, well, this is the rules. And when we have a situation where it's like, wait a minute, based on the rules, this doesn't make any sense because of X, Y, and Z, well, we can address those. But right now there's nothing. There's nothing to determine that. There's nothing to say, well, this is why we did that per the rules. So I, you're gonna have issues with people being upset and saying, well, why did Harvick, he was in the wreck. He was clearly in the wreck. But I, I mean, Harvick's maybe a worse example than Elliot. Cause I don't think, I think Elliot kind of slowed down a lot more than Harvick. Um, he reacted a little bit quicker because he wasn't quite as up behind the other cars as Harvick was. But I mean, it's still, it's still to me is the same thing. I, I think the only logical thing to do right now for NASCAR, and the reason I'm saying this is because it's absolutely stupid and it'll cause a problem, but that's the point to get the teams talking, is the moment the caution comes out, caution waves, and the field is frozen. You're going to line up right like you did. Unless you have to come to pit road or you could not maintain a reasonable speed, whatever, like we can call it pace car speed, you know, but everyone knows their lights for pace car speed. So if you could not maintain, like get back to pace car speed, then you have to go to the back, which, you know, if you spun out, if you spin completely out, you would fall below pace car speed more than likely, or you didn't spin all the way out and you continued on the whole the whole way and you probably shouldn't have been docked back anyway but then you're going to have situations where a car is absolutely wrecked and they don't come to pit road because if you come to pit road that's easy you go to the back where you come out of pit road anyway you're going to have cars like harvick who are completely wrecked and are up there but then guess what harvick still was able to get around for two laps with that completely damaged car to finish second good on them like i don't really see a problem with that so to me i think it's like where when the caution comes out, freeze it. If you don't come to pit road and you maintain your pace car speed, you're fine. Go ahead and line up. Yeah. You know, um, unless I mean, mean unless it's egregious. If you, if you're leaking, if you're leaking fluids egregiously, yeah, you probably will get black flag like any other scenario. Right. But I think that's the easiest way to do it. Just like, look, man, I don't care what you said. I know you were in the wreck. Or I know that car was in the wreck, but he continued on. He never didn't NASCAR already experiment. Speed. Didn't NASCAR already experiment with the field is frozen theory though? Well, that's all you're doing already. Yeah, I mean, and, all they're all they're doing is going back to the last loop makes it, I think, unfair for everybody. Well, and I think I think the really dumb thing is you have SMT data now that you can pretty much GPS the car to where it is the moment the buttons hit. Right. So that's me. I think you could but, probably do that. But the GPS sometimes is inaccurate. So, like, True. my truck, my truck GPS says I'm on a side road when I'm 130. So, like, when I'm doing 55, it says I'm doing 55 and it's in a 25. And it's like, no, I'm on the highway, not on that road. So, it's not exactly accurate. But we have 55 million cameras 
it yeah. might take an extra couple minutes. And I know we're all about trying to speed things up, but when the lights come on, we can have a picture. Okay, this yeah. car's here, this car's here. You could absolutely here. see. Okay, this car's in the rack. So yeah, that might be the best alternative to what's going on. If you fall under pace car speed, which we could tell by the data and sensors we have on that, if you fall under speed, hey, you, you lost minimum speed. Until you regain that, you lost these three spots. Mm -hmm. Then you regained minimum speed. So you're back here. You're three more cars back. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay with the blend. I'm okay with freezing. Uh, that's probably the best option at this point. Um, yeah. But it's going to be big. It's The real thing is we got to get it right for the, the super speedways. But here again, this could also happen at Bristol or anywhere. It, it could happen Martinsville, Richmond, anywhere you can get a pile up like this. Yep. It, it could happen almost anywhere. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the some... field frozen is a good call. The most important thing to mention about this is that when we talked about this from Daytona, I was right. It happened again. So I said it would be a problem. Sure enough, here we go. I didn't expect it to be Darlington, but I was right. So moving on to the, the finish, look, um, I don't necessarily, I feel like it was hard racing, but at the end of the day, this has been a trend through basically all three series of a win at all costs. And if I can't win, I'll, I'm going to wreck and go to the back. I still don't see Ross Chastain is leading the points. I don't see the problem. Yeah. Race hard. Yeah. Do what you can pinch Kyle, do everything you can. But it's okay to finish second because so, guess what? You're the points leader. You're going to make the playoffs anyway. I know you can yeah. use those bonus points, but you're more than likely on a track to be but, regular season champion, and you have a lot more chance of doing that of finishing second compared to right. 30 winners. But, but listen, I'll explain this to you because this was my breakdown of the three events between these two, and this is what caused it to make Roth wreck. And I'm going to say this. I'm a huge Kyle Larson fan. But it was Kyle Larson's fault. So here's where I'm going to – I mean, Ross drove it in full bore. But there's a reason why the events happened that they did. And so Ross pinches Larson off a of four or off a of two on a restart. Larson loses three spots, falls back to fourth. Larson remembers that. But also remember, Larson does the same thing to everybody else, puts them in that situation. Hard racing. Fast forward. We go to the first restart. Larson uses Ross Chastain as a barrier, waylays him, and is going to come off the corner with the lead and probably the win if the big pileup of Truex doesn't happen, right? So Larson did the job right, put Ross in the wall. Well, the, guess what? The caution came out. Ross had the lead at the time of caution based off the scoring loop, blah, blah, blah. So now what do you do? You know, Ross is like, well, if I go to the top, he's going to do the same thing. If I go to the bottom, I can keep him from doing that. He goes to the bottom. Larson goes to the top. Here's the key difference. Everybody knew what was going to happen. Everybody knew Larson was going to go in high. Chastain was going to go up, use him into the wall, try and beat him off the corner, just like Larson did. Here's the kicker. Remember what I told you in Bristol? when Larson went on the outside of Priest, and then Larson drove it into the wall and wrecked himself. Here's the, here's the thing. 
knows. Larson knows what Ross is going to do. He knows he's going to go in and slide up, try and pull a slider on him, beat him to that point, right? So Larson, instead of going in higher, goes right in on the side of Chastain, right beside him, much as the outside guy does in sprint cars, goes right in on the outside to try and slide himself with him to maintain momentum. Neither one of these guys lifted. The only difference was Larson got a little bit loose. Ross had a shorter path. Ross got a little bit ahead, a little bit further ahead than Larson and hooked himself. Other than that, it worked. He would have, it would have been the same thing, but Larson drove a different angle than Chastain did the restart before that and was right on the outside of Ross. And that's your difference right there. That's why everything was different. Everyone's like, well, you know, we knew they were going to wreck each other. Larson was trying to prevent the wreck from happening, but it just didn't work because Chastain went further low. Larson almost had his four wheels underneath the dash line too. So instead of Larson running the top, trying to get the momentum off, what I probably thought Larson would have done is gone up high, backed off a little bit and tried to diamond it and come off below him, let Ross go up into the wall. It didn't work that way. He tried to double slide himself. So that way his impact on the wall and Ross would be a lot less. It just didn't work. That that's my breakdown of it. And you can watch it again, but Larson was in right on the outside of him. And that, I think that's where the big difference was. I can, I can at least give you like, I, I, there's definitely validity to what you're saying. All I know is that I have now three out of four races had the leader with under three laps to go and not won a single time. Matter of fact, uh, lost points to you this week because Larson was able to continue. So that's a little frustrating. Well, but hey, if it wasn't for Newman spinning out, I'd have beat you anyway. Yeah, this is true. This is true. This is this is true. I'll give you that. If, yes. if it wasn't for Newman and it wasn't for Truex, I'd have won both. Like both of them, Larson was ahead. And then that restart had to happen and Ross had to wreck us both. All right, we're going to move on to uh, to North Wilkesboro. So I think this is going to be an interesting race because of how wore out this track is. And based on the rules that I saw, you're not allowed to stop after halfway. So 100 laps at that place with the sandpaper track that they have is going to be very interesting. Going to see some guys use their stuff up early and then have to come through at the end. So um, I'm interested now that, First of all, it's great to go back to North Wilkesboro. I think this will be a better race. Now, I don't expect a wreck fest. I think people should understand that because if you watch old races from North Wilkesboro, you do get long runs. It was very common to get long runs. Um, but I feel like there's going to be an added layer of aggression because so many people want to win this race. Uh, so I just uh, I don't know who to really think is going to come out on top. But I'm excited for it. The first race is tomorrow with the trucks. Uh, action's on track today. So it's great. We're back in the back in the country up there in Wilkesboro. My pick for this weekend, I think you need a veteran, somebody who can keep their tires under them for a long time. Can Oh, you don't think so? No, I, I know who you're going to pick. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I, I do. You don't. I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski. Damn, I, I didn't think you were going to pick him. I think you think I was going to pick Harvick, but 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 on principle, I don't pick my Stuart Haas guys. I know. Well, I wanted to ask you, before I make my pick, 
are we counting this towards the two or because this is an exhibition race to just anybody? Is that, are we what? Are we counting this towards the, like, if we pick someone twice, we can't use them again? Or no, because this oh, is an exhibition race. Good, interesting point. No, 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 no. Here's what we're, this is a freebie, but we will also offer up double points. Okay. I'm, I'm cool with that. So with that being said, Kevin Harvick's my guy. You know what? I, I really hope you're right because I would love to see that 29 in victory lane. I am actually, I wouldn't be that upset if NASCAR kind of like let some things slide on that car. They're kind of okay with it being super illegal. It's got some tires that are a little questionable. You but, mean like, like Junior's eight at Daytona in 2001? Yes. Yeah. yes. That's exactly right. Go get him. So I'm, I'm hoping you're right, but I'm excited to see it. I'm coming. Hold on. I got to finish with Uncle Jordan. Well, Jordan, um, I know you got to get going here. Do you have any final thoughts for this week? No, just excited to see Wilkes-Barre back in the revamped heyday. This is going to be a very interesting all-star race. Um, I just hope that everything goes well and we have a really good race. I think, yep. I hope it's like Atlanta and Harvick just smashes everyone's face in the, in the, the pavement, so to speak. Yes. But we'll see. Yes, I would love that all-star ring right there. And I will buy the trophy if they allow us to, to buy one. I would absolutely do that. Denny Hamlin can have, suck it. It's an awesome trophy. You, you, <laughs> might have, you might have to get two because I might have to put that right beside Miles. If, uh, yeah, we've done that before, so I'm good with that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that'll be Race Roo Radio for this week. Thank you all for listening to our expedited one. Sorry if it felt a little rushed, but... We got stuff to do, life to live, and we're moving on. So we'll talk to you all next week before Memorial Day. Later, guys.